The following episode was recorded live and is rated M for Mexican. Oh, and welcome to another episode of Mexi Mind Matters Live. Mm, 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 mm. Yes, we are going live with these episodes now. It is beautiful. I don't know what to tell you, but it is a change of pace. It's a very nice change of pace um, to have to, you know, do it live. I miss the, I don't know what I'm going to talk about until the last minute aspect of it. I never knew I missed it, but hey, also with once a week now, it gives me more time to kind of plan what to say, maybe have a little lengthier podcast. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how things roll on this one. we got quite a few things to discuss. First and foremost, I don't care if you think the intro is too long. I could give two shits because that is the new intro. It is awesome. It is a medley of awesomeness. And that's what we're going to go with from now on. So, fuck you. On top of that, I would also like to announce that despite being in four different fantasy football leagues with different teams, different players, well, actually not really different players, 
Some of the players are the same. Some are different. But you know how hard it is to maintain four different rosters. It's insane. But Mexi is in the playoffs in all four of the leagues. Yes. Money Mike's League. Won my division. Bam. Two seed in the playoffs for the next two weeks. Family, uh, Ferrier Family Football League. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? We're in the playoffs there, too. Um, I would like to say that poor Cato, the defending champ, got ousted. I don't understand how you're that retarded and you can't make a cut of six out of eight teams. But, hey, whatever. I'm facing my brother Enrique in that league. Meh. Don't care. Um, my league, um, well, we still have one more week of regular season. But basically sealed um, at least a third seed. Heading into the playoffs. And the Aussie Rules Yahoo Fantasy Football League. Well, guess who finished with the third best record in the league at 9-4? and four? Mind you, two of my four defeats came at the hands of Sleeper, who was also in my division. And now that we're in the playoffs, we had Shipley, who had a mediocre record, who won her division, made it to the playoffs. And Simo, who also had a mediocre um division and record and won his division and ended up going to the playoffs and the first person to cry about it is good old crow ah yes the blind mole who thinks he knows what he's doing when he refs australian football games interesting how crow is the first to complain about bad rules and bad decisions in a league really let's let's take one let's let's calm it down number one that's how it is in the NFL. Last year, my Giants got screwed because we had to go to Green Bay and play a wild card when we had the second best record in the league. So, yeah, you were at 7-6. and six. You lost a tiebreaker to Polly, who also finished 7-6. and six. And you had the number one seed in your division who, you know, Beegs basically won that division. So, guess what? It sucks. Yeah. Luck of the draw, sorry. How about you call Roger Goodale and complain to him about it? But let's get one thing straight. Crow, uh, you might want to get your eyes rechecked or at least the one eye that can see because we know you're colorblind too. Let's get those checked because the toughest division was Mexi's division where the Alexes dominated. And I'm pretty sure I beat everybody in your division. So there you go. Know your role, shut your mouth, watch the playoffs, watch Mexi win the Australian football, Yahoo Fantasy Football League in my first try. Let's just just watch. Last year, they wouldn't let me in because they were scared. Now, they're going to get their asses kicked. Yeah, starting with Shipley, who, you know, I will say, being the fifth seed, even though I had the better record, is a good thing. We get Shipley, I'm projected to win. I don't see a problem. Unless my team takes a deuce, but, you know. We'll see what, how, how that goes. Anywho, many things to discuss, as I said. First and foremost, I want to start with some work-related nonsense. Had my annual review about three weeks late because my year was up in on November 14th. Still don't know if my PTO has reset. I haven't asked, answered that uh, question. Also, I didn't know I was going to get a race. So we go through uh, my reviews. They actually asked all three of my attorneys to give reviews. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. 
They all gave me exceptional marks. Uh, the one thing they said that I couldn't improve on is run less marathons, obviously. But they didn't use that as a hindrance because my, as my manager said, it was, you know, it was my manager and the HR lady. Um, manager said, you know, yeah, you've taken the most unpaid time off, but you also have never gotten paid less than 40 hours. Yeah. And I've also, I do, I do like three or four people's jobs at my firm. I'm supposed to be afloat, which means I should have less than 120 cases. I have three, over 300 cases in both prelit A and prelit B. Yeah. And I'm still top of the fucking submission list as far as goals are concerned. But I had some I had some reservations because I wanted to know what the fuck was going to be done about my race. And they're like, oh, we'll give you a dollar race. I'm like, <laughs> I, I laughed. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? My paralegal B, a.k.a., you know, Alyssa, is getting paid almost the same as I am. Mind you, she's been here an extra year, but I do her job and I do everything else. So, and then we got the Somali guy who's here part-time, who somehow is getting paid more than I am and does a piss poor job at his, at what, at, you know, being a pre-lit paralegal A for the Somali cases. Mind you, when I first started over a year ago, he had, I don't think he's ever had more than 50 cases and his goal has been, you know, maybe... 10 to 20 each each fucking quarter. Yeah, you've got to be kidding me. And he's getting paid more than I am? No, fuck this shit. I speak six languages. I translate all your lit stuff. I translate your marketing. Um, I do your Spanish and French intakes. I basically have a complete paralegal A's caseload plus my B cases in Spanish. You better damn well give me more than a, a dollar raise. Oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's going on. And then on top of that, I'm getting yelled at because you guys want me to do attorney stuff. I'm not an attorney. Yeah, I speak Spanish and French, but I can't really negotiate attorney stuff when I'm not an attorney. I can't give legal advice. So I constantly find myself having to cover people's asses because you constantly have people, you know turn in paperwork when they're not supposed to, yeah, um, guess who gets fired at the end of the day if shit hits the fan? Yeah, I don't want that. So if you want to treat me like a Spanish-speaking attorney, which I guess I've referenced at, I'd ask that to uh, the clients, and some of the Spanish clients think I'm an attorney when I'm not, uh, you better at least pay me somewhat decently. Put me on a salary. I don't, I don't fucking care. But yeah, so I brought those you know, reservations up during my uh, meeting and they said they would let me know and obviously we'd have to sort something out, which I think that is just uh, fair. On top of that, um, yeah, if I'm doing a very good job and I'm a team player and I apply for a managerial position, which you may not give to me because replacing me is going to be hard, that's an issue. Now, if you want to pay me a manager's salary and keep me doing what I'm doing, I have no problem doing that. I wanted to let you know my annual review, especially with things the way they are. I can't constantly be frustrated about people pulling me in different directions, prioritizing, you know, intakes, prioritizing lit stuff, pre-lit. My goal is my goal. 
I understand that the toughest part of my job and the most important one is speaking all the languages to the clients that I have. But if you want me to prioritize new clients and new intakes, don't keep trying to get me to do attorney stuff when I'm not an attorney and cover people's asses. Have them follow the rules. Something needs to be set in stone, needs to be fixed. We can't keep doing this nonsense. But anyways, enough rambling about work. Let's move on to other things. And let's start off with the recent crisis that everybody's calling for uh, college football to expand the playoffs to eight teams because, oh my God, the Big Ten got shafted. Oh no, Alabama, why? They didn't even play in the championship game. Um, I'm an OSU, I'm a Ohio State football fan. I'm a Buckeye, true, you know. My heart bleeds scarlet and gray. Let's let's. I'm an alum. I bleed scarlet and gray. I love the Buckeyes, but let's 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 be real here. We did the same thing at Penn State last year. Okay. Bama going was the right choice. The four teams that are going to the playoffs: Oklahoma, Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama are the four best teams. Let's call it what it is. Okay. We were not better than any four of those teams. And we probably should have not lost to Iowa or Oklahoma. You can't expect us to go instead of of Alabama or Oklahoma or Georgia or Clemson. These teams have one loss and one loss only. These teams also won their championship, except Bama. But they don't have two losses. Bama barely lost to Auburn. And that's it. Oh, well, their schedule's easiest. No, it's not easier. They're playing nonsense teams. No, the strength of schedule is what it is. And we, you cannot tell me that we deserve to go when we've got our asses handed to us by Iowa by 31 points. Barely beat Penn State. And then barely beat Wisconsin. How we killed Wisconsin, I can see more of an argument. But no. Barely beat Wisconsin. And then lost to Oklahoma at home. Who is going? So yes, those teams deserve to go. And no, I do not think that that is the reason you should expand it to eight teams. I think you should consider expanding it to eight teams for the simple fact that, as I've said before, not everybody plays everybody in college football. And that's the problem. You have undefeated teams like UCF who don't have a shot. I think you should give them a shot and at least make it a six-team playoffs where undefeated teams that maybe have an easier schedule play have a playoff game to become, you know, part of the playoffs, kind of like the wild cards in the NFL. Or make it eight. So then the Big Ten and the major conferences have their champion going and then... These other undefeateds and then Notre Dame and Independence can have a shot too. I, I will be okay with that. But not just because, oh, the Big Ten got shafted. No, we did not. Penn State kept losing games. Michigan kept losing games. Michigan State kept losing games. And we lost games amongst ourselves. We had two and three lost teams. The only team that went undefeated was Wisconsin because that division is dog shit except Wisconsin. So, yeah, they would be undefeated, and then, of course, they would lose to us. No shit. Our side has won the conference 
every every single time. So, anyways, with that being said, I'm now going to discuss the bull predictions. Every year, my family does bull predictions. I do bull predictions. If you remember the early days of the podcast, Alex and Mike's Cabana, we're going to throw back Thursday. We're going to throw it back, and I'm going to give you my bull predictions for this coming bull season, all 41 of them. And we'll start with the nonsense. So the Celebration Bowl, I got Grambling beating North Carolina, A&T. The New Orleans Bowl, I got Troy beating North Texas. Cure Bowl, I got Western Kentucky winning against Georgia State. Las Vegas Bowl, I got Boise State over Oregon. I got Colorado State beating Marshall in the New Mexico Bowl. I got Arkansas State beating Middle Tennessee in the Camellia Bowl. The Boca Raton Bowl, Florida Atlantic over the Zips of Akron. Frisco Bowl, I got Louisiana Tech beating SMU, especially with the coach leaving. Gasparilla Bowl, I got Florida International beating Temple. I got Ohio beating UAB and the Bahamas Bowl. I got Wyoming beating Central Michigan in the Idaho Potato Bowl. Yes, I'm going against the spread. I got US, USF against Texas Tech. I got, you know, Southern Florida in the Birmingham Bowl. Armed Forces Bowl. I wanted to go with Army, but I'm actually going to stick with San Diego State on this one. Dollar General Bowl, I'm going to go with Toledo against Appalachian State. Hawaii Bowl, I'm going for Houston. I got Utah beating West Virginia in Dallas Bowl. I got Duke in the Quick Lane Bowl beating Northern Illinois. I got UCLA beating Kansas State. I got um, Florida State beating Southern Miss in the Independence Bowl. I got Iowa beating Boston College in the Pine Strap Bowl. I have Purdue beating Arizona in the Foster Farms Bowl. Texas at home in the Texas Bowl beating Missouri. I know I'm going against the odds. I got Navy beating Virginia in the Military Bowl. Oklahoma State beating Virginia Tech in the Camping World Bowl. By the way, some of these bowl names are ridiculous. I'm just going to throw it out there. I say it every time. I got TCU beating Stanford in the Alamo Bowl. Holiday uh, Bowl. I got Washington State beating Michigan State. Texas A&M beating Wake Forest in the Belk Bowl. Arizona State beating NC State in the Sun Bowl. Northwestern beating Kentucky in the Music City Bowl. New Mexico State beating Utah State in the Arizona Bowl. Really could care less about that one. I literally flipped a coin on that one. I got the Buckeyes beating USC to prove a point in the Cotton Bowl. Louisville beating Mississippi State. Beating the SEC in the Tax Layer Bowl. Memphis, number 20th, beating Iowa State in Liberty Bowl. Penn State proving another point against Washington. I got Penn State beating you know, them in the Fiesta Bowl. The U. Of Miami beating Wisconsin at home in the Orange Bowl. <clears throat> Michigan's losing to South, uh, South Carolina, calling that in the Outback Bowl. Auburn's being undefeated UCF. Notre Dame's beating LSU in the Citrus Bowl. And the playoffs at the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, I got Oklahoma over Georgia. Clemson beats Alabama. And then in the championship, I got Clemson beating Oklahoma. Bam. Those are my bull predictions for 2017-18 season. And that is how the Mexi Mind Matters rolls with the bull picks. So, if you need me to repeat those or need to see the spreadsheet, you let me know. Now, one may argue, well, Mexi, you didn't really give insight into all your picks. 
fuck insight. I ain't got time to discuss this. This is when I'm doing a fucking two-hour podcast on why I picked what. Obviously, I did my research. Obviously, those are my picks. In the previous years, you know that my picks are golden. And I have won the Feria bowl picking pool multiple times. So you probably should write this down. If you need to re-listen to it, definitely re-listen to it and write that shit down. Okay? Enough said. Now, in other news, maybe next week, once the um, Champions League draw is uh, coming up, we will discuss recent Champions League results and how Liverpool ended up winning their group with a tremendous goal differential and beat Spartak Moscow yesterday, 7-0, for a hat-trick from Coutinho to advance to the round of 16. Mind you, everybody complains that the Premiership, oh, they sent too many teams and all these bigger teams or bigger leagues get to go and, oh, the lesser countries don't get or, you know, that many uh, champions to go and they have to go to the playoffs. I'm sorry. Wine all you want. You want to call it ambulance? Really? You want some wine with your dinner? Look. Tottenham finished top of their group ahead of Real Madrid. Manchester United won their group. Manchester City won their group. Chelsea finished second. And Liverpool won their group. So, all five teams that were from the Premiership in the Champions League, out of the eight groups of four, made it to the next round. And now, a third of the teams are English. On top of that, with the way the draw is set up, first teams tend to play second place teams. So the odds of a second place Chelsea playing United, City, Liverpool, Tottenham is more likely than the English teams playing each other. That would just be shitty. But it's not likely to happen. Therefore, you're likely to see good matchups because teams like uh, Bayern, Real Madrid, you know, Porto finished second. I'm hoping Liverpool gets an easy second round team or, next, or, you know, round of 16 team, second place team, because we destroyed our group and we had Sevilla. That was tough. And so I'm hoping for a Basel or maybe a Porto, you know, something like that. Not too, not too shabby. Keeping it with soccer, a.k.a. football. The World Cup draw happened. Yes. If you remember my, one of my previous podcasts, I was mocking how the U.S. is not in the World Cup. And Mexico dominated the hexagonal and is going to Russia. Well, the draw happened. And for once, they seeded all eight, all eight group leaders. Well, minus Russia, who is the host. Which, don't get me started on the host being a group leader. I think that's bullshit. But anyways. So the seven group leaders. You know, Portugal, France, Argentina, Brazil, Germany, Belgium, and Poland. Were chosen based on FIFA ranking. Which has its flaws, I've said before. Because how is Argentina even in the top ten of the FIFA World Rankings. If they barely fucking qualify to the World Cup. But that's beyond me. So those seven plus Russia are the group leaders. And then everybody else was drawn randomly. 
the only rules are you have to have only two European countries per group and you can't have more than one country from the same confederation in the group. You know, UEFA is the only exception because UEFA has, you know, twice as many teams. So, with that being said, this is how the draw came up. Russia, lucky sons of bitches, got Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Uruguay. Uruguay are licking their chops because they basically have won that group. Russia is in prime position to finish second of that group. That is bullshit. Russia is the lowest-seeded country in this World Cup. Ridiculous. Portugal got Spain. Oh my god, we get to see Portugal versus Spain. Yeah, but they're probably going to go through. And it doesn't really matter who plays who. Because the only thing you would basically have to figure out is... uh, Who doesn't want to play Uruguay. So basically, don't finish second. Because you're going to have... You're definitely going to have... Portugal and Spain winning that group. One or the two. And the other one's going to finish second. Because Morocco and Iran are not going to do shit. Get the fuck out of here. Group C. France. Oh, we nous sommes les Français. Ha, 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 ha. The petit Français. Let's get an easy group too while you're at it. The French get an easy group. And they get Australia. They get Denmark. And they get Peru. Peru's looking at their chops because they're like, well, we can finish second. But, I don't know. I favor the Danes more than France and Peru. But, I'm pretty sure France is going to win that group. And the Danes are probably going to finish second. Oh, lordy, lord, lord. Now, Argentina, of course, as I said, lucky sons of bitches. Not only do they get the easy side of the bracket, because they're going to probably win their group. Their group has Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. If Argentina does not make it through... Messi should just kill himself. Brazil gets Switzerland, Costa Rica, and Serbia. Wow, such a tough group. And I like how they they emphasize before the draw that, oh, these new rules of the draw don't allow for groups of death. It's a less percentage of people getting a group of death. Really? Insert Mexico into the group of death. Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and South fucking Korea. Mexico probably won't finish second unless we can either tie or beat the Swedes because we're not beating Germany and we probably will beat South Korea. Oh, but Belgium and England, they get an easy group too. Let's just throw in Tunisia and Panama in there. Ooh, basically who... It doesn't really matter who finishes first and second. It's going to be goal differential because I can see Belgium and England tying because... Group H, who they're probably going to pair up with. That is the easiest group I've ever seen in World Cup history. No previous champions. Poland, Colombia, Senegal, and Japan. Any one of those teams can make it. But Colombia's probably going to win. Poland's probably going to finish second. And then it aggravates me. This is the nonsense that aggravates me. Here's how I see... Now, I'm going to probably revamp this in a podcast as... The World Cup gets closer come June. But this is how I see, as of now, with no injuries 
and not even able to tell you who's going to pick who to go to the World Cup per squad or per country, you know. But based on FIFA ranking and based on current form, here's how I see the groups finishing. Uruguay and Russia, Portugal, Spain, they're going to tie each other and basically Portugal is going to kick the shit out of Morocco and Iran better than Spain. France and Denmark, Argentina and uh, let's see, who do I have winning that? Croatia, second place. Brazil, Switzerland, Germany, Mexico, Belgium, England on goal differential and Colombia, Poland. So the way the draw is going to be set up because, you know, each group is paired. So group A is paired with B, C with D, E with F, G with H, for those who don't know and claim you follow soccer. So the round of 16 is going to be Uruguay, Spain, France, Croatia, Brazil, Mexico, Belgium, Poland, Portugal, Russia, Argentina, Denmark, Germany, Switzerland, Colombia, England. England's probably going to be Colombia. Germany's going to kick the shit out of Switzerland. Argentina should beat Denmark. Portugal's going to beat Russia. Belgium's going to beat Poland. Brazil's going to kick the shit out of Mexico. So once again, Mexico does not make it past around 16. What a surprise. France beats Croatia and Uruguay and Spain. That I can see probably going to extra time or PKs. But again, Argentina gets the easy side of the group. Again, we will determine a, you know, a revamped version of this closer to the World Cup and pick an actual winner once we get close to that. But until then, that's basically what this podcast is going to be, podcast is going to be about. The disappointments and issues in my sporting teams and nonsense that happens. Speaking of, we're going to leave everything with a slight reminder that I told you so. The Giants fired their coach McAdoo about fucking time because we were sucking it up. And now we might actually beat the Cowboys. But we don't know. Because we're going to go into Dallas with Eli Manning as quarterback. They benched him for Geno Smith, which again, I don't understand who picks the backups in the NFL. But that is ridiculous if you think Geno Smith was better than Eli Manning. Eli Manning's terrible, but he's not that terrible. But now he's back as a starter. The Giants have um, a new coach, and we'll see what happens. But, hey, that's it for the podcast. I crammed everything in 30 minutes. Um, Check us out on SoundCloud, Maximine Matters. On iTunes, Maximine Matters. Snapchat, Supermax. Facebook, Alex A.K. The Mexican. Twitter. At Super Asshole Mex, send me questions, text messages, whatever you have you. Oh, and one final reminder: yes, we're still doing the sponsors. Waiting for IGS to get the shit together with the email. Promo code is still Mexi if you want to sign up. Um, and we're waiting for the insurance for uh, the second sponsor. But more details next week. Anyways, that is all. As always, remember that where there's a Mexican, there is always a way. See ya, bitches.